0: Get to know the Packers' newest veteran receiver, Sammy Watkins, from the man who profiled him after he won the Super Bowl.
1: You are Locked On Packers. I feel like we
0: can run the table. Your
1: daily Green Bay Packers podcast. Rodgers gets out. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Floats it. Your
0: team, every day. Touchdown. You are Locked On Packers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team, every day. I'm Peter and I cover the Packers for the Leap, a newsletter I would love for you to subscribe to. You can follow me on Twitter, Peter underscore Bukowski. Follow the podcast on Twitter at Locked on Packers. Like us on Facebook, subscribe to the podcast, iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, wherever you find podcasts, you will find Locked on Packers, the number one Packers podcast on the internet. And the show for fans who know what happened, they want to know why and how. Today on the show, Tyler Dunn from Go Long, formerly of the Milwaukee Journal Sentinel and USA Today and Bleacher Report, um, talking about Sammy Watkins. A couple of years ago, he wrote uh, an incredible monster feature on Sammy Watkins, got to know him pretty well. And so I wanted to give uh, you guys a chance to get to know Sammy Watkins a little bit too. I understand if you didn't watch a lot of Ravens football last year when that offense was pretty gross at times. Um, and And... He's the guy who's basically spent his whole career in the AFC outside of one year. Now, that one year was with Matt LaFleur, but I wanted to give you some insight in there uh, about Sammy Watkins. And and no one knows Sammy, at least in the media, uh, better than Ty. Before we get to Ty, today's episode brought to you by our friends at Bet Online. Bet Online is your number one spot for all of your gambling needs. We still have plenty, plenty, plenty to gamble on this summer baseball um, hockey stanley cup final uh, is coming up here Uh, mma boxing golf still plenty of stuff and nfl futures the nba futures are out go to the website use your mobile device to get more on the trends in action bet online where the game starts Joining me now someone packer fans go way back with and (laughs) that you can now go along with right? Ty, Ty Dunn from go long, uh, from the awesome work, um, that you and, and now Bob McGinn are doing. Um, the, the dynamic duo is back in action. Ty, it's good to be with you. Appreciate
1: that Pete. Great. Great to be here, uh, on the number one Packers podcast
0: in the world. So it's an honor. You're the man. Thank you so much for being here. Um, and under, under, um, I would say much less contentious circumstances than the last time you were on when (laughs) when there were a lot of people in Packers Nation who were very mad at you. Um, This is, I think, going to be a much easier, much easier on your Twitter mentions. I want I want to talk to Uh, you.
1: Let's change that. You know, let's get controversial. (laughs) Let's shake it up,
0: man. Let's do Uh, it. um, I want to talk first about Sammy Watkins, because a couple of years ago. Um, you you wrote a, a really fascinating piece. I think that was really the piece that that unlocked for everyone who was paying attention. Um, this this guy's a little different. He 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 marches to the beat of his own drum, and, and there has been some speculation. Okay, that's why he and Aaron Rodgers are gonna get along when you're talking to him for this piece and he's dropping some of these like wild quotes just from that standpoint, just from like, okay, you hear these things for the first time. What are you thinking about? he can make you believe
1: and I get it after I wrote that story I was getting text messages from you know people in the business even some players like whoa Sammy Watkins what is going on here he needs mental help and I responded to everybody like he does not this is as good as I've ever seen Sammy Watkins and I got to know him pretty well in Buffalo you know they drafted him in 2014 I started on the beat in 2015 around for 2016 he was in a bad place he didn't nobody knew Then, you know, the the GM didn't, the head coach didn't know, teammates didn't know, but he was was depressed. He was injured. His brother's getting caught up in a big Rico investigation down in Florida. I mean, basically everybody he grew up with, relatives, friends, all going to court and thinking they're going to be locked away for a number of years. It took a toll mentally, physically. So, you know, long story short, he falls into this rabbit hole. He's just kind of studying up on different religions. And that leads to studying up on entities in the world, good and bad, that are amongst us, that attach themselves to us and basically live in us. You know, astral realms, etheric bodies, different dimensions, demons, all this stuff. I mean, it's like a collection of different beliefs, but, you know, it, it took him to this place and people can read the story to get it in full, but it, it led him to a really good place himself. I mean, he is genuinely happy, um, loving father, loving husband, you know, family man. I I think he's genuinely at peace in a really good place as as weird as it took to kind of get there.
0: He talked about uh, a couple weeks ago at his locker about, Really feeling like his career has not gone the way that he that he thought it would, and he feels like this is an opportunity for him to write that wrong. And and I think a lot of people, myself included, when he signed in Green Bay, were like, okay, this is sort of his one last chance to to lock on with, uh, um, no pun intended, a a superstar quarterback, an MVP quarterback, and try and win a ring, um, like he did with Pat Mahomes, not someone trying to recapture the prime of their career. That's not how Sammy Watkins is viewing. This journey right now, and it's easy to forget that Sammy Watkins, I believe, just turned 29. Um, when when you think about his career, if they played his career 10 times, is this one of the like two or three worst versions of Sammy Watkins? And just in terms of the on-the-field guy that we would have seen? <sighs> I
1: know it always, it's easy, it's simplistic, but, but when he's healthy, he's as good as it gets. And it's a huge when. It's a huge if. He's been injured everywhere he's been: Buffalo to LA to Kansas City. But when he's healthy, I really think he can be that receiver that you saw in the Super Bowl in Miami, one on one with Richard Sherman, game on the line, Super Bowl on the line, and he roasts him. I mean, he beats him up the sideline. It's all there. I mean, he's got the speed, the separation, and look, Baltimore we just had Willie Snead on our podcast and he was unbelievably blunt. You know, receivers don't want to play there. You know, Mm -hmm. veterans don't want to go there because of Greg Roman's offense. It's, it's about as elementary as it gets. Steve Smith, when he went on that, you know, that rant after Baltimore lost to Buffalo in the playoffs, I think he was speaking for a lot of players. It's, it's not a pass friendly receiver, happy offense. It's yeah. Lamar Jackson's got special gifts. You want him to run and do all this creative stuff up front, but, in, in terms of what we saw to Sammy Watkins in Baltimore, I I mean, I, I don't think you can really judge that, but in Green Bay, you know, with Aaron Rodgers, with a team that needs him, it, it's talk. Anybody could be the number one receiver one through six. Who knows how that's going to sort itself out, but when he's healthy and, and it's a huge variable, I'll give you that. He, he could be that guy again in a big moment, making the big play you need. And I love all the other stuff. I mean, I tell you what, and, after we talked for, I think it was five hours that we we just talked over dinner and some drinks down in Orlando um, out of that Super Bowl win, I, I started going down some of these rabbit holes. He can make you believe. I mean, there was a play. We were talking about it. Like in high school basketball, I busted my head open. You know, I'm bleeding all over the court. It was like my one shiny moment, I guess. I sound like <laughs> Uncle Rico, you know, in high school sports. But I get it stitched up. I come back in the game. It was a weird feeling. It was an out-of-body feeling. You know, I could still think of it now. And as I'm detailing it to Sammy Watkins, he's like, yes. He's like, that was out of body. You're controlling yourself outside of your physical body. He's like, now that feeling that you had, and maybe some of your listeners have had out-of-body experiences. He's like, that feeling, I can make myself do that and feel like that all the time. Um, so hey, you know what? I think him and Aaron Rodgers hit it off. They'll talk about all kinds of psychedelic whatever. And, you know get out, get on the Astral realms and kind of uh, manifest
0: Super Bowl wins into existence, I guess. Yeah. Get out the crystals, go out to Zion. Yeah. I mean, I think, I think uh, th- they will, they will get along swimmingly. I, you know, I think sometimes receivers and he was, he was, it's easy to forget now. He was the top receiver taken in that 2014 draft. That was Devante Adams was in that draft. Odell Beckham Jr. Was in that draft. Brandon Cooks was in that draft. Allen Robinson was in that draft. The, the pedigree was, was pretty incredible. And guys like that over the course of their careers, especially a receiver, they, they, they often, um, I w I wouldn't say create issues, but they can agitate for the ball. Right. Mm-hmm. He, he really in, in Kansas city seemed to never be that guy in Buffalo. Wasn't really that guy it was just, he, he always seemed to also be a, a sort of consummate teammate. And in Kansas city, I, I was, I marveled when he made that game winning play, how happy, everyone on that team was for Sammy Watkins and I'm like they have Pat Mahomes they've got all these guys Andy Reid and it seemed like to a man everyone was just gassed up for Sammy Watkins he it just seems like people are drawn to him he 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 has that personality. I mean, he's a
1: genuinely loving human being. I mean, I think that in a locker room, guys love the way he talks and the way he thinks. And I mean, he'll get into debates with a McCall McCall Hardman in one corner of the locker room and talk about stuff with Patrick Mahomes in the other. And Andy Reed was kind of a father figure for him. But very soon, you hear that a lot about Andy Reid that he really wants to connect with players on a very personal level. But I think he took a liking to Sammy Watkins early, and that that was somebody that could call him or Sammy could call Reed basically any hour on the hour and just talk about life, talk about their kids, all of that stuff. So yeah, you want that in your locker room. I think that stuff matters, um especially when you're a winning team, a Super Bowl contending team. Uh a little tweak here, a little tweak there, and, and in the locker room, it's hard to quantify, right? You can't put it up on an Excel spreadsheet and we're not going to, you know, grind the all 22 together to figure out that impact, but it, it, it matters. I mean, I was just out in Minnesota. Like we were talking a few weeks back, the, the the way that they're looking at it is they lost eight to nine by a touchdown or less, and they did it with a head coach who does not have a good relationship with his players. It was ugly, very ugly, with Mike Zimmer in Minnesota. They flip it to Kevin O'Connell, and they they're they're thinking that cu- culture is going to matter. So, on a, on a very granular level, with with Sammy Watkins in Green Bay with a good culture already kind of in place, I, I think that yeah, that that you can't uh really minimize the, the impact they'll have in your locker room. Well that's who a really knows, good maybe segue. maybe we'll get somebody reading up on you know spirits and
0: whatnot. <laughs> that's a really good segue to this the, to this next section that I want to get to because Matt LaFleur, the the stories are myriad about the way that he changed this culture and the where the culture was at the end of the Mike McCarthy experience. And no one has detailed it in more granular detail than you about what was going on at the end there with Mike McCarthy. This change from Matt LaFleur, I mean, I, I think it's hard to understate just how big that change has been. Now, I don't know if it has contributed to winning football games, but but you tell me because you you, you understood what it was like with the, with the McCarthy era at the end there and how frayed some of those relationships were. And it seems like it is so different now with what is going on in Green Bay And that seems like it's because of Matt LaFleur, at least the primary reason. You know, I'm not there
1: day in and day out on the beat anymore. And I I haven't even talked to Matt LaFleur. It'd be great to have a conversation with him, but I I can tell you it was bad, right? It it was really bad at the end with Mike McCarthy. And I I think a lot of it had to do too with, you know, rest in peace, Ted Thompson wasn't Ted Thompson at the end. And so the, the, the players that are coming in, aren't exactly the players that Mike McCarthy wants, you know, he wants to sign veterans. That's not even happening. It was, it was kind of a multi-layered disaster. And, and it, yeah, Aaron Rodgers was a part of that. He was in effort mode that season before. I mean, he, he didn't care. I mean, he's, he's, he's changing plays more than he ever had. And he changed plays a lot with Mike McCarthy, even early on, he didn't really regardless of what said publicly that the respect wasn't there, the mutual intelligent, you know, being on the same intelli- intelligent level, it just it wasn't there. It never was. Um, maybe he's right, too. <laughs> I think Aaron Rodgers probably had to change a lot of those plays. He had to freelance. He had to do his own thing. But it got to a point where, you know, you had, you had a bad relationship between your head coach and your quarterback. That had to be repaired. Forget that. It had to be completely rebuilt from the ground up with a young head coach. The fact that it's gotten to this point and they've figured out a way to kind of let Aaron Rodgers do his thing at the line of scrimmage. Yet you also have this playbook and you're winning a lot of games. You, you, you got it. You have to give Matt LaFleur tons of credit for that. I, like I said, I, I don't know him that well, but from where it was to where they are now, a lot of that has to do with the head coach, but here's where it gets interesting. I mean, Devontae Adams is gone and a big reason that Aaron Rodgers had all this success was he could go up to the line of scrimmage and just change things on the fly. You know, play pickup ball with Devontae Adams off of plays that they saw, what, in 2014, right. 2015, 2016. That's gone. All these new receivers are in. It's going to take a commitment from Aaron Rodgers, I think, to really trust some of those play calls coming in more often and and trust the bigger picture. You're probably going to have to run the ball more. Probably going to have to play off your defense a little bit more. Not going to be able to freelance with a Christian Watson or even a, you know, Juwan Winfrey out there like, like you could a Devontae Adams. So... Is he willing to take that step? Trust the coaching, trust the play calls, and maybe swallow the ego in a way that he he hasn't had to before and win twenty four to thirteen. Um, they won. They did win a lot of those games this past season, but now now I think it goes to an even more extreme level because you don't have Devonte Adams.
0: Yeah, no question about it. I, I want to end on this and and sort of marry your your two areas of expertise, or you have many areas of expertise, but but for our purposes um you are still very hooked into what's going on in buffalo um and you you have been on the, the the Jordan Love story since since it had happened really um it seems like if you want to make the best case for Jordan Love it is basically the Josh Allen plan not the Patrick Mahomes plan because now we're talking about year 3 and that's when that's when Allen really popped that's also when Aaron Rodgers really popped when when you look at what the things that they did for for Josh in Buffalo and what the Packers have been trying to do with Jordan Love, do you think it's possible for him to make, I guess, the year three leap, given what we know about the Packers coaches, about Jordan, and, about, and, and based on what you know and, and saw in Buffalo? Boy, I don't know
1: if I'm ready to take that leap. Because... Not to be
0: qua- the quality of Josh Allen, but just to say, okay, year three, this can yeah. be the year for him.
1: No doubt. I think the big difference too, you know, Josh Allen did have that rookie season where he could screw up and he's surrounded with not a lot of talent. Buffalo, they 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 so they break the drought in Sean McDermott's first year, and they didn't really mean to. It was kind of by accident right. that they, they were rebuilding things. And then they get Josh Allen and then they let a lot of talent walk out the door. They go six and ten. But I think that season of just, you know, running around, leaping over Anthony Barr, you know, using his big arm, they had not a lot of talent at receiver but it helped. He, he could kind of like screw up, make mistakes. I feel like green Bay. Yeah. I mean, your listeners know where I stand on this. It, it would have benefited just to rip the band-aid off, go through a season like that with Jordan love. Just, just do it. We'll, we'll see what happens. I I get going for a ring, going for a super bowl, Aaron Rodgers, talent level quarterbacks. They do not grow on trees. I, I get all of that, but we've seen this story. It's ended in the divisional round, the conference championship round. It seemed like a huge opportunity to just take a ton of picks, move forward with the quarterback he drafted in the first round and transition. So where is his development? I don't think we know. I really don't think we know where Jordan Love is. There's been some good, some bad. That Kansas City game, I don't think they necessarily had a game plan that catered to his strengths. Mm -mm. I think a lot of that was on the coaching. And I don't think it was nearly as disastrous as some folks made it out to be. I agree, but it wasn't great. I'm not saying that, you know, it was akin to Aaron Rodgers in Dallas in 2007, but I, you know, I think preseason games will help training camp reps will help. And yeah, three, three years in the system is, is going to help. And if, if they see anything behind the scenes that suggests that he can be the guy, maybe you're, you're not as quick to bend the knee and basically give Aaron Rodgers anything he wants in offseason If we're at this point again, and he's thinking about retirement, but they're so far deep into being all in with Aaron Rodgers. I, I can't see them doing anything but that. I think that he's there as long as he wants. He can drag things out as long as he wants, ask for whatever he wants behind the scenes, whether it's, you know, define whatever protocols for whatever pandemic is all the rage at that point Um, (laughs) or getting any contract he wants. And Hey, maybe that's how you you have to operate because heck, if you're a team, you'll make those concessions as opposed to whatever the hell the Cleveland Browns are doing with Deshaun Watson. I mean, that's, that's just a a crime of morality there, but teams are going to do anything in their power to get their hands on a stud star quarterback. So I do get the logic with Brian Gudekins and Matt LaFleur I just feel like an opportunity might have been lost two off seasons in a row. If Russell Wilson's going to get what he got, if Deshaun Watson's going to get what he got, Mike, who who knows what the Packers could have gotten a trade, but I guess, I guess we'll never know.
0: Well, Aaron Rodgers still under contract. So, you know, it could, it could theoretically still happen next spring. I doubt it, but it theoretically could still happen. Ty, I appreciate it, man. Good to talk to you. Great seeing you. Thanks so much for having me. Thanks, Ty, again for coming on the show. Always great to talk to him. Thanks for making Locked On Packers your first listen every day. Now make your second listen Locked On NFL. Our national NFL experts and insiders keep fans dialed in on the biggest stories and the latest news from around the league because an offseason doesn't equal a break in the action. All right, we're going to be back next week plenty more to get to as we head toward training camp, still on that three-day-a-week schedule, Monday, Wednesday, and our Summer Fridays. I hope you're enjoying these Summer Friday series. I got some good recommendations from people. People love Cassidy Hill. People want Justice Mosqueda back on the show. Um, people want Aaron Nagler and Andy Herman back on the show, which I, I had a feeling that they would, um, and some good new names out there for me to try and reach out and see if we can get Some of those guys on the show um, uh, in the upcoming weeks before the season opens. We're going to keep doing summer Fridays through into training camp and and maybe even into August, just because I think there's a lot to get to and we don't always have time for it during the season. Follow me on Twitter, Peter underscore Bukowski. Follow the podcast on Twitter at Locked on Packers. Like us on Facebook, subscribe to the podcast, iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, wherever you find podcasts, you'll find Locked on Packers. And anytime you want to hit us up in the Locked on Packers fan hotline, you can do that 920 920 341-3775. Stay locked on Packers.